and welcome to a new episode of PR360, and I'm your host, Brett Deister, and if you could, please subscribe to PR360 on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more, and leave a review. It always helps us in the search for podcasting, but with me today is Christina Schultz, and she is a pretty good host to actually have. I know I say this to all my hosts, but they're always good because we always learn everything from them. But she's had about 10 years of experience in the technology industry, and she's had a mix of agency and in-house experience as well. And she's done various different things with that, but she is part of a interesting actual company that we're going to be talking about and more about security so welcome to the show, Christina. Hi, Brett. Thanks so much for having me. And as I ask this question to all my guests, are you a coffee or tea drinker? I am a tea drinker. Tea is more of a ritual for me. I start every day with at least one cup of green tea, usually with lemon. I have pretty naturally high energy levels, so I don't need a lot of caffeine to keep myself awake throughout the day and find I sleep a little better when I don't drink coffee. Fair enough. I like both, but that's just me. <laughs> I am known to steal a few sips of my fiance's favorite drink, which is a mocha. So I can't say that I never have coffee, but it's definitely not my go-to. Ah, so you like the flavored coffee, the ones with like chocolate and vanilla, or you'll steal some sips, I should say. Exactly. Can you explain Vercata a little bit to us? Sure. So Vercata is a physical security company. So we build security solutions for enterprise buildings. And you can kind of think about it in this way. In the consumer space, someone can buy a high-end camera with cloud-based software to protect their home, but that hasn't really extended into the enterprise until a few years ago when Vercata Solutions first came to the market. So we're really innovating against antiquated building security solutions to provide today's businesses with the levels of scale and protection that they require. And to do that, we combine an all-in-one hosted software platform with hardware that's powered by edge-based processing. So we started as a camera company back in 2016, but earlier this year, we entered the access control market with our first access control product. And actually, just yesterday, we unveiled our first environmental sensor, which is really the next step towards delivering on this vision to power the modern integrated building. So Really, we're trying to just give customers a real-time view into every part of their organization, regardless of how many locations they might have. Mm. So given about cyber, well, not even cybersecurity, but actual physical security with cameras and cloud-based things, and given that 2020 saw a pretty big chunk of businesses empty for months, how has your messaging been for basically bringing awareness to, hey, even though your store is closed, you probably should actually have some security while you're not there, just in case? It's a good question. So we have found that security is really a need to have and not a nice to have. And so that hasn't really changed that much during the pandemic. I actually saw the other day, Traction Guest released some research showing that about 90% of security and risk management professionals say physical security is now of greater strategic importance than it was before the pandemic. Employees are concerned about their health and safety, and physical security can actually help solve for that. The research showed that organizations are proactively adopting new technologies to keep their staff safe. So to give you just a specific example, 
one of the survey stats cited that employees say touchless sign-in technology. So anything that they don't have to touch a sign-in device or a kiosk of some sort is something that would make them feel more comfortable returning to a physical workplace. And what we're seeing from customers corroborates this finding. Our own access control products became available in June and we actually oversold that product by about 400% in the first month because there's such high demand for this type of technology. Mm. So what would you say by touchless is like either using your phone as like the key card or is it like facial recognition? What is those types of things? Exactly. Basically anything that does not require you to have to physically touch something upon entering a facility. So that could look like a door reader or, as you mentioned, facial recognition, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And what differentiates you from the cheaper, even the consumer ones that businesses may use? Like I'm using an example of like Netgear. Arlo is an example of like a really cheap security system, but it may not be more B2B, but still businesses or even small businesses may be using that because it's cheap and they actually get some type of security. What is the difference between those? Good question. And that's something that we are trying to highlight a little bit more. So consumer-focused products like Netgear Arlo, as you mentioned, they've been a big driver in video security, but they're really not designed for mid-sized to enterprise-sized customers. So Verkata was built off the idea of why are my consumer IoT products so much easier to use and so much more accessible than the enterprise products that are out there today. And we differentiate ourselves from others in the market in, I would call it, a few key ways. So the first is really easy to install. It's essentially out of the box and it's very easy to configure. Secondly, we're designed with a software-first approach, not a hardware-first approach which is really kind of shifting the paradigm from what we've seen over the last decade or two. So you can remotely access these devices from anywhere and they actually get better over time with automatic updates. So you never have to replace your devices. And you can kind of think of this like Tesla's business model with cars. And the third thing is that they really allow companies to scale. So you can easily manage up to thousands of devices across hundreds of sites from one single cloud-based management platform. So this reduces bandwidth by storing and analyzing footage at the edge, which is on the device itself, whereas consumer devices stream heavy amounts of data in the form of footage. Our solutions actually retain all of the footage on the device itself for a certain period of time while only sending select data to the cloud. So those are a few of the the key ways that we differentiate ourselves from those more consumer-oriented solutions that are on the market and that people know mostly. Mm -hmm. And what are some of the unexpected feedback you've gotten from your customers so far? So I'm relatively new in my role. I started just a few months ago. And in part of my onboarding, I've sat in on quite a few sales demos with prospects as well as current customers. And I've been blown away when I actually saw Verkata in action. The demo really brings the solution to life and prospects have the same reaction, which I found to be not surprising in how great the solution is, but um, it's not uncommon for someone to stop in the middle of a demo and say, I absolutely need this. I think what we're doing is so innovative that especially compared to these traditional systems that a lot of enterprises are still using, they see our solution and they want this more modern security setup. 
So if we look at feedback from current customers, a lot of that centers around our ease of use. Most companies claim at least that their solutions are easy to use, their their user interfaces are intuitive, but for us to hear customers confirm this time and time again really gives a statement credibility. And that's really what Vercot is all about. We're designed with simplicity in mind. It's easy to install, it's easy to maintain, and it's easier to manage than a lot of these other more antiquated systems that are still on the market. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, your key differentiator is just way user-friendly and you probably use some smart technology to actually get the right data to them. Like you said, the cloud only gives you what you actually need to know, not just hours of footage of birds flying. Exactly, exactly. So leveraging AI-powered analytics really allows us to have a solution where users don't have to scrub through hours and hours of footage to find a specific event. So you can use smart search filters, we have people and vehicle search, things like that, that help you kind of isolate those incidents of interest in a matter of seconds. Mm-hmm. And do you feel that companies are actually cutting back budgets? I mean, they're cutting a whole bunch back, but do you think that they're cutting more back from security because they may not think they need it anymore because more of the employees are working from home? Have you seen that type of a thing recently? We're actually, we're not really seeing that. I know that that's happening, but kind of to my previous point, a lot of these companies see security as, as a must have. So when it comes to scaling back budget, security is not the first place that they're looking. We have taken a step back to think about what messaging might resonate right now that's different than before. And I think that there's certain industries we work with that have been impacted by the pandemic differently than others. So I'll give you one example, which is in the education industry. The CARES Act actually contains provisions that are intended to help these educational institutions address the challenges of responding to COVID. And this includes allocating funds to assist schools with improving preparedness and response, minimizing the spread of infectious diseases, and planning for these long-term closures. So we're building features so that administrators can meet these challenges and better understand and respond to what happens across their organization. And they're actually able to use those funds for these types of solutions. So I think budget scaling back have not really had a huge negative impact on us. In fact, you know, people are actually thinking more so how they can keep their physical spaces secure in light of having to socially distance and things like that. Mm -hmm. And you talk about messaging, but what messaging strategy actually has had an impact in 2020 for you guys? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I would say that, you know, we've really focused on some of those features that are particularly helpful in responding to the pandemic, just knowing that keeping employees and guests and patients and students safe is top of mind for pretty much everybody. You know, the use case for both essential and non-essential businesses during this time hold common challenges and surveillance technology is, is positioned to help solve that. So I can give you just a few examples of what some of those features are. Um, as one example, we have crowd notifications. So these are instant alerts for when cameras detect a certain number of people in frame that either meet or exceed the threshold that you determine. So you could say, if there are more than 10 people in this area, send me an alert. And so this helps ensure that teams can prevent crowding and spread of disease. Another one is people heat maps. So 
This gives a view of historical people-based activity that has occurred throughout a building against their floor plans. So this really allows teams to kind of distribute locations that are prone to crowding. Um, you might, you know, increase your frequency of cleaning and sanitation in areas that are more heavily trafficked, things like that. So we have a handful of features that are really helping companies respond to the pandemic and also think about how to safely return to work and store reopenings and things like that. And speaking more about privacy and since it's all cloud-based, how are you guys protecting that information from people that would somehow want to get into security systems or at least to attempt to do it? Yes, this is definitely on everyone's minds. As you said, we consider ourselves to be a cybersecurity company as well as a physical security company. One of the biggest values that we provide to IT departments is peace of mind from a security standpoint. About 15 or so percent of all IoT hacks happen through traditional IP camera systems due to open forwarding of ports, inbound injections, things like that. And our solution at Verkata is end-to-end encrypted, both in transit and at rest. And cameras have outbound connections only. So we go through continuous penetration testing, but the advantage of having an end-to-end cloud solution allows us to kind of send these automatic firmware updates that I previously mentioned if we were to find any critical vulnerabilities, which we haven't. But the chance of having outdated firmware is basically zero with these protocols. And in addition, we have two-factor authentication, single sign-on integration, and can buy-sync with the organization's directory to avoid sharing of passwords. So all of these things kind of help make sure that we're keeping data safe. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like having a password management system for security. You could think of it like that, yes. But what is a way for you guys to actually eliminate churn? Because if you have like, say, a subscription, you're going to have churn every once in a while. So what actually has been an effective messaging strategy to say, hey, look, we know there's a monthly cost to this, but there's also a cost to not having us. Have you tried any of that or what has affected your messaging strategy on that? So we haven't really seen churn definitely has not increased at all. Mercado has actually grown. In Q2, we saw about 65% revenue growth compared to the previous quarter, and we're kind of growing across the board. But I think specifically to your point, so one program that we offer is a 30-day free trial. And this program is really popular. A lot of our customers use it before becoming customers. And I can't remember the exact percentage. I think something like 80% of customers who do the free trial become paying customers. Once people use the solution, once they see it in action and they see how easy it is and how helpful it is in keeping their building safe, they never want to go back. They never want to go back to either not having something or to these older systems that are just really cumbersome and difficult to manage and maintain. So our churn is actually really low because we have a really sticky product. And as we kind of continue to introduce new products that all integrate into this ecosystem, it becomes even more useful and valuable for our customers. So our current customers are able to add things like access control on top of the the video security system. Or just yesterday, we announced an environmental sensor. So you can actually integrate all these things together And so we're continuing to bring added value to customers with each product that we release. Mm -hmm. 
And how has working with your previous brands like Logitech and Upwork helped you with messaging strategies for the company you work for now? That's a good question. I think obviously all of those companies have very different products and services. But one thing that they all have in common is keeping the customer close. So I think it's really important to make sure, and this is true, not just for the customer facing and go to market teams, but I think all teams really need to kind of keep the customer top of mind and constantly get that real-time feedback from customers to make sure that the products and services that you're creating are actually the ones that the market needs. I had the pleasure of hearing Brad Smith, the former CEO of Intuit speak at a company event a few years ago. And he shared that Intuit takes a full day off every year to spend time with the customer. And that goes for marketing, engineering, HR, finance. Every single employee is supposed to take this day to be with customers so that they can stay close to the customer in everything that they do, whether you're shipping code, writing press releases, building prototypes. You really want to make sure that you're doing it for the customer at the end of the day. Mm. And so how do you actually get that customer journey of understanding them with your current company right now? Do you guys actually do take a day off? Do you put yourself in the place? How do you do that to actually do better effective marketing strategy or messaging strategy? I think it's really just talking to customers. So one example, we had a beta period for the environmental sensor that we launched yesterday. And we had a handful of customers who have been trying it out for the last several months. And I was able to join a few calls with them to check in and just hear how it was going, what part of the product was working well, what else would you like to see in the product. And so actually hearing that firsthand from customers was invaluable in our ability to make sure that when we're iterating on the product, we're actually adding the things that will be useful to those who are using it. Mm -hmm. And what are a few lessons you've learned as a PR pro in 2020? 2020 has been interesting. I think there are a few different things that it's really solidified for me. The first one is go with your instinct. To be a successful PR professional, you really have to have good instinct. And I think now more than ever, that comes into play. We're all navigating uncharted territory. Of course, we need people who can meet, we can bounce ideas around with, and we don't want to make decisions in a vacuum. But I'm finding that trusting my gut has been even more important during this time. The second one is to be really intentional and thoughtful about everything that you do. I think that PR people tend to move really quickly. We have to, and it's part of what makes a PR person successful. But taking a moment to really just take a step back and give a little extra thought is crucial right now. Everyone's sort of treading water and sensitivities are higher than usual. And the last thing we want to do as PR professionals is come across as tone deaf, in, especially if it's in an effort to you know, raise brand awareness and visibility. It's just not worth a piece of coverage and you're more likely to burn bridges and ruin relationships and get an article placed. So I think bringing that level of intentionality and thoughtfulness to everything that you do is really important now more than ever. Mm -hmm. And what are your hopes for your marketing strategy in 2020? Do you want to use like live streaming more? Do you want to use podcasting? Are you going to stay the same? How does it look like for you guys? 
Verkata's approach is to experiment and then double down on the things that we find work and kind of quickly ditch the things that we do not. And so we will continue to experiment with different marketing strategies this year and in the future to really find what's working. And obviously, as the climate is evolving, hopefully the pandemic will pass soon. There will be new challenges that are brought on, time evolves. And so being able to adapt and experiment and really find out what those new levers might be for growth will be a crucial part of our strategy. Mm, And fun question for you. If you could make an all-in-one solution software for PR pros, what would it be? This is a great question. So I wish that there was a better way to quantify the impact of media coverage I've used a host of tools that aim to do this, but I don't feel like any of them are quite there yet. And it's such a tough conversation to have when it comes to proving your value. It's kind of the the age old question in PR, which is how do you prove the ROI? And I would love if there was some type of software solution that made this a little bit easier. Oh, yes. Always proving your return on investment. <laughs> yes. And any final thoughts for our listeners? I think I would just say it's, a really interesting climate right now. And I I think more than ever, communications is becoming kind of a a key business priority that executive teams are really investing in. A lot of companies that I know have shifted their strategies towards internal comms. Some have even done kind of a full 180 and put PR more on the back burner and really try to focus on the internal team. And I think that's really smart. I've always believed that it starts internally. If you're not aligned internally, And if the internal team is not rallied around the same vision, then that will show externally in the products that you create, the way you talk about them, how you connect with customers. So I think I would say focus on internal communications and make sure that that the internal team is taken care of and really feeling energized and engaged. And that will make the work a lot easier. All right. Thank you. Christina, for joining us on This Week in PR 360. Thanks, Brett. And thank you for listening to PR 360. As always, please subscribe to PR 360 on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more, and leave us a review. It really helps us a lot. And join us next week as we talk to another great thought leader in the PR industry. All right, guys, stay safe, get outside, and have fun. See you next week. Later.